Ed, what are you doing in my bed? I can't sleep, Eddie. I keep thinking, how can my feet smell if they don't have a nose? Ed, hmm? get out of my room! Hello and welcome to our Look Over the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is... you can Matt Hill is my name. <laughs> Matt Hill. And how do we celebrate the 30th anniversary of the live-action um, TMNT movie by getting someone who was in the third live-action TMNT movie? Well, you know what? Movie. There you go. That leads us right in there. Cowabunga there, my brother. <laughs> no, because um, it took me years, like literally this year, I found yep. out you were the suit actor for Raphael in, in TMNT3, so if anything, uh, if anything, like that's on me, like that's on that's me for not, for not oh. knowing that. Jeez, way to go, man, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's amazing. I can't believe that was, like for real, is that, that was 30 years ago? Yeah, it came out in 1990, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's craziness, man. Yeah, we were all just like young pups, you know, doing our thing. But uh, it was, uh, you know, to this day, still one of the most unique gigs I've ever been hired on to lend my energy to, you know. And so for me, it was it was right in line with, you know, already being big into, you know, martial arts and sports and running and, you know, all the ways that I could sort of, you know, add, say, to this iconic character um, by, you know, kicking ass Raphael style. So. I um I felt um I felt pretty fortunate. No, because it's weird because I know you did the voice of Ra- of Raphael in Next Mutation, but I did not know you did the you know you were the suit actor for the third movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, in a way, it was like originally they asked me to to get in the suit for um for the Fox version of it, um like for Fox Kids, and um yeah, I don't know, you know, I was like. I, I was I was really honored that they asked and uh, you know and then but I I just I passed it but then they said you know would you like to do the voice of him and for me that was a dream come true because you know I kind of felt like you know my buddy Raph we kind of got a we you know we got to have the full circle with it, with each other you know so um so it was it was good and I, and I think that was for the for the for you know for yeah, that was the right call because while you know you say what you're about the quality of TMNT3 like at least the suit designs were much more flexible than the ones that they had on on the show due to budget so yeah. you, you dodged a bullet there <laughs> yeah well you're right actually um you know thanks for recognizing that because you know, for us here in Vancouver, you know, obviously we're we're a gig based economy, right, of actors. And so, you know, when someone comes calling and says, you know, would you really like to do this? A lot of the time you say yes. But everything in me was going, dude, you, you got to work on like the, the world class version of it, right? With, you know, budget to match and, you know, and, and all the folks from the creature shop and, um, you know, or sorry, well, more Jim Henson and stuff. But, uh, um, you know, so for me, that was, that was where I went, you know what? No, I'm okay. I'm good being in the suit that way. But to then be able to do the voice was just, a, you know, an, another chance to play and, you know, bring something else to Raph. No, I mean, because, because it's interesting. Cause I, I did not, I did not know that. Cause you know, when you think Matt Hale, oh, you think his voiceover career, but you I never thought, you know, you would, you were, you did the, the suit stuff, which I think. Yeah. Yeah. Was, which yeah. is which is weird, like because I looked at all those pictures of me and the behind the scenes stuff, and I'm like, holy crap, that's him! <laughs> holy crap! <laughs> totally, I know it's funny. I have a, a picture in my house, and I look at it sometimes, going, dude, 
I was inside that suit and it was freaking amazing. You know, it was, it felt like a second skin, you know? Um, and, and in a way when I like, it took about three months to feel normal again, when I got out of the skin, um, you know, to feel like where, where's my suit. I need to have my suit on. Or I didn't feel like I was, you know, like in the world. Yeah, that must have been a nightmare as well, because you had to, you know, because it was like you guys were in the suits and you had like someone else like puppeteering the the facial expressions, and and yeah. I would imagine like they had like someone in in the speaker telling you how what to do and what to how to move, right? Well, it was interesting because it was a really good relationship with our puppeteer. Um, my my rock star was um, Noel McNeil, um, who was actually um, from. He worked on Sesame Street. He was actually. Um, uh, snuffle up, I guess, for a long time. And, um, and so, you know, it was amazing to be able to like, you know, meet this guy who, you know, we were swapping stories. I mean, well, me more asking questions of him going like, you know, what was it like to work with Big Bird? And what's it like being snuffle up, I guess? And, you know, um, so we developed a really cool, uh, friendship, um, while he literally would yell through this speaker in my head. Right. So that was how like because he'd be like maybe 50 feet away from me with the other turtles and the other puppeteers. And so you, you, you know, sometimes you'd hear through like banging servos and all these other like machinery going off in the head. I would, you know, I'd, I'd hear this crackle and then I'd hear Noel going, Matt, left, Matt. And then you'd hear Matt, left. Or literally he'd be like, wall. And that would mean stop. Right. I was about to hit a wall or I was about to go over a cliff or, you know, whatever. Right. So it was uh you know, I, I, I became very much reliant on, you know, listening to him through all the clatter inside my head from all the machinery and stuff. Left, left, right, left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, our very first test of all the turtles coming together, like the first day that we had all of our GAC on. So, like, we're talking full suit. Um, we literally, we were, like, blind, deaf, and dumb. We couldn't couldn't see a thing. Um, because the only way they had could only make they made these little eye holes for us, um, and it wasn't until they realized we were blind till they went, okay, boys, we just want you to do a really simple like a kata, right? So they gave us a couple of you know some kicks and some punches and like a sequence of things to do, but we would do them together. But then we had to just walk right to the middle of this room that we were in and and high five each other or, or high high three at each other. Um, and we literally all missed, and then we all just basically hit the wall that was opposite to us. <laughs> so they were like, oh, these guys can't see each other. <laughs> so, you know, it was fun to get that worked out. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you have to make sure, like, that you had to make sure, like, they had, you know, little eye holes to, to see through the mask. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. You know, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting, you know. Um, you know, and it's amazing because you, you really get a sense of, even if you really can't see much, you get more of a sense of sort of like, you know, what it might actually feel like to be blind because, you know, you're using your other senses to kind of get around and, you know, and then quite honestly, it was Noel who saved me from, you know, like running into like the backs of horses or the backs of sets or, you know, like this one part of the scene where we were riding through this field on these horses, um, you know, I'm riding backwards on this thing and I couldn't see a freaking thing, you know, and then we were, Going, and then we get jumped off. We get, you know, uh, thrown off the horses. Um, you know, and we land in this um, mud pit. Um, but it was a real mud pit, you know. And so once the eyes got covered up, we were like, basically, we were, we were blind. 
And, and especially like in you know when when they travel back in time, they they have the samurai get up on. And I would imagine that that would have been like, that was the nightmare as well, because you know you oh, already yeah. have you already have like the turtle suit on, and then you have all this extra stuff on it, yeah. and it's just yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, all of us are like keeners, right? So we're like, all right, put more gak on us, come on. <laughs> I can take it. Come on. Give me, give me, give me. Is that exactly. all you got? Is that all you got? Come on. <laughs> totally. You got it, brother. <laughs> um, especially like, oh, God, especially during the day. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, the first four weeks of filming were the first four weeks of July, and it was a heat wave in Oregon where we filmed. Um, so, you know, inside the suit, they put a th- they put a meat thermometer Inside my, like my puppeteer just put, you know, or not my, my puppeteer, but my, like my dresser, um, Evie, she put a, a meat thermometer cause she wanted to know like, like two time, how hot was it? And it was like, well, I don't know, like about 110 inside the suit. It was so hot. Like, yeah, I went in there skinny. I, I came out even skinnier. I probably drank like one, maybe, I don't know, probably like 10 liters of, of Gatorade a day. It was crazy. No, because um, cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of obsessed with behind the scenes stuff. Like, so I would yeah. like, you know, listen to stories about suit actors and, and all that stuff. And, and one of the funniest things is picturing someone like after a 40, not 40, like a four hour shoot or so, I'm sorry, something, take yeah. off all the, take off all the crap. And then like just a pile of sweat comes out. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, my, my dresser, she knew I sweat a lot. When literally she would wring my arms out because, you know, this was foam latex, right? So it was sucking up my sweat for like 12 hours, right? And, um, oh, yeah. So, like, I get out of it and, oh, God, I was just like a – think of it. It's like, a, you know, when, like, phyllo pastry gets, like, really, really wet? That's what my skin felt like. It was uh, just this clammy kind of like <laughs> – it was – yeah. It was. It, it felt better being inside the suit sometimes. Until then, you know, I got to have a shower afterwards, and then I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm good," you know. But uh, yeah, it was. It was a hot, heavy, um, but unbelievably um, so much fun doing it too. So, you know, it's uh, it's amazing because I I still talk to my puppeteer, um, Noel, who lives in New York with his family, and uh, so you know, it's just neat to you know every once in a while just have this connection with somebody, right? No, man, especially like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, look, it, it might not be the best, you know, TMNT movie from, from that era, yeah. but, you know, you were a part of it, so I can't I can't really complain about that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you nailed it, right? It's, it's, it's one of those things where I feel really grateful to have been part of like that sort of like that triple set of, you know, three of what they call like the classic ones where they have real humans inside the suits. Um, you know, and, and even though, yeah, it didn't do as well as the other, you know, the other, well, especially for me, the first one was the best anyhow. Um, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where I remember when I got the part, I was like, wow, I get to be lending my acting, you know, my take on what Raphael means to me, um, inside this suit that I'll do the very best job that I can do to make it the best part of this version of Raph that, you know, I can make it right. So um, you know, for, for actors, especially, it's just like, okay, let's just do the best that we can. Right. 
I mean, especially given the circumstances, because, you know, they had the whole thing about someone else coming in because the Creature Workshop demanded too much money, and they're like, ah, let's get someone else, and then they came in, and they did the puppeteering for this one, and, you know, it looks it looks way worse than the than the previous yeah. two, and it just, it was a mess, and, and, and again, because it's a... Because it's TMNT, and because the studio had high hopes for it, they were like, you know, let's just rush production, and because that's always a good idea, right? Like, just rush yeah. production to to get it out well, there, and you know, like, you know, it's fine because originally we were supposed to actually shoot it in Japan because it was obviously set in ancient Japan, right? And so, you know, first of all, I'm like 24, I get cast as a ninja turtle, um, I get to do, you know, this physical job that I've been meant to play my whole life, you know, then. I'm about to go to, you know, to Japan to film this thing. Um, then I'm going to get to like go to England and get, you know, fit at the creature shop, which I'm like, Oh my God, that's what the Muppet show. What the, you know, all these guys. Um, and then, you know, lock, stock and barrel. They're like, Oh no, we're going to film in Oregon now because it's way cheaper. And we're not working with the creature shop anymore. As you said, because of budgetary reasons, um, we're going to work with, um, with all effects, um, you know, which I mean, once again, everybody turned out to be great people to work with. Um, it just, unfortunately, that's where at the end of the day, I agree. And, and I think fans, they they key in on that. I think if, if a production studio, if they cheap out on what actually people know is a really good product, um, they sometimes don't get the return on their dollar that they think they might have, right? Um, and, and plus this was like 1993 and this was like when TMNT, the TMNT craze had died down anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. You know, I mean, maybe it was, yeah, like, you know, it's like you say, it is what it is. You know, I just feel grateful to have been part of, you know, the part that I lent to it, I gave the best I could. And, you know, that's, that's for me as an actor, that's where I always walk away from. I don't like, I'm I'm not concerned about, you know, a, a lot of other aspects of it that I that I really have no control over. All well, I can do is sh- well, do I'm, good. Well, I mean, you were also part of like you know the Energon dub, and that's that's another to complete complete thing that 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 people who worked on that have no no nice things to say about that dub. Oh really? Oh shit. Yeah. No. Oh. No. Because. Um, because there's a reason, like, why David K does not do anime anymore. Because it was, it was like, doing, like, the Unicron trilogy. Like, he just does not like the Unicron trilogy. Like, okay, Armada, it's like, okay, fine. Armada's, you know, the only one that's decent. But, like, Energon and, and Cybertron were, like, the two ones that, that were like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, once again, it's like, we're actors. So, like, like hey, do you want to do this gig? We're like, yes. Cause I want to be, I don't, I want to get paid and I want to keep acting. So, you know, um, it's, you know, sometimes that's all. Yeah. But you know, like you say, but you know, that's why I like that fans can either say, I like this or I don't like this. Well, I mean, but it's, it's just so interesting. Like looking back at your career, cause you've been in part of like, you know, TMNT, Transformers, Ed, Ed and Eddie, like all these like properties that have outlasted like the test of time. Like yeah. you don't you don't think that these types of things would last that long, but they do because the the beauty of the internet is that every day someone is stumbling upon this for the first time and experiencing it for the first time, and I love that because that's the beauty of the internet. Like you can find anything now, and oh. and, I just, and I just love that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, you nailed it. It's like getting to for me, 
you know, still getting asked, you know, like for, you know, to say, do a cameo, um, and, and, you know, record somebody a video message, you know, for their birthday, you know, in the voice of Ed for me is just like the biggest gift to be able to get to do, you know? Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. Right. And, and so, I mean, did we think that Ed Ed and was going to become this huge, massive, you know, long lasting hit, not a chance. Right. We all just think like, okay, we just got another gig. Hey, great. We got picked up for another season. Right. Um, you know, even when the producers were going like, holy shit, guys, we're number one, like in, you know, whatever, however many markets we were, um, we just thought, oh man, okay, well, we must be doing a good job. All right, great. You know? Um, so it's, it's really neat that like, especially like with say Ed, Ed and Eddie, um, you know, like that getting asked to now record videos and stuff like that for people. Um, I'm like, oh my God, that's, you know, what a gift, right? Um, because I realize even with say another generation of like say kids who their parents grew up watching Ed, Ed and Eddie, um, are now growing up watching Ed, Ed and Eddie, right. Or like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans, right. People, you know, something for some reason, sometimes these projects just, they just hit and they just keep lasting for like a long, long time. So, you know, um, I feel feel pretty fortunate to have been part of them. No, and, and I just love that because it, it just goes to show you, like, there's, I mean, because the, there's the whole conversation about, you know, is is the media we're producing, like, you know, can it can it withstand withstand the test of time? And I think, you know, if if people come in and put the best effort that they can into something mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, put in the, the that labor of love, then yeah, yes, yeah. it can because. It's been like 20, yep. 20 plus years now, and people are still talking about Ed, Ed and Eddie. You know, people yeah. are making parody yeah. videos about it that are disturbing and creepy. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, and I have never, ever watched any of them, so I feel very, very blessed. <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> you oh. will at some point. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> I think it would it would strain Ed's brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I mean, you know... But it's interesting because, you know, looking back at it, like, remember, like, looking at all these, like, edit Eddie memes and stuff and, and just rem- reminding myself, holy crap, this show came out in 1999 and there are people yeah. still out there just talking about it, making memes, you know, just taking, you know, just remembering the good times and just rewatching old episodes because, you know, we're in quarantine now and, and yeah. you know, people are just dis- discovering the show, you know, while in, quor- quor- while in quarantine and it's just... It's so amazing, like just have them coming, you know, just seeing people like discover this thing and 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 just realizing how long it ran for. Because it, you know, you guys yeah. did, I think, six or seven seasons and and th- three specials and one movie, which is which is unheard of in in children's entertainment. Oh, absolutely, yo, know, and that's you know, you know, and it's funny. I didn't actually grasp what the impact the show had on people till we ran around North America. And, and then it was going into schools and especially when we hit America that like literally, you know, I'd say like, you know, who wants to save the planet with Ed and, you know, and, and my partner at the time, Stephanie. Right. And you'd have like 2000 kids and their teachers lose their mind. Right. And then after the, pro, you know, the presentation, they'd be like, oh, my God, dude, you're, you know, this show like saved my life. And this show helped me get through like a, such a horrible childhood. And, you know, um, and like same with Raphael, you know, a teacher coming up to me saying I chose to be a teacher because 
Raphael taught me the code of the turtle and, you know, that maybe being an outsider actually wasn't such a bad thing because I still could live with my own code and, you know, I didn't have to sort of like just be like everyone else just to, just to fit in. You know what I mean? So it, it was amazing once again, um, you know, in a way, what a gift I, I felt like I got back from people saying thank you for me for doing this job. I was going, you guys, thank you for giving me a life, <laughs> you know, because if I hadn't gotten hired on a show, right, um, and then obviously lots of people like to watch these shows, um, you know, you and I wouldn't be talking, right? Yeah, so, but, and, it's, and it's just so insane to think about, like, you know, the fact that the show has ended, you know, years ago. Yeah, people I know. are still like acting like it's still around because that's how great it was. Like, because there's just like longevity, yeah. man. That's like the yeah. longevity. That's that's what you know. And 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 you can tell like a lot of labor of love was put into that show because oh. you know, Danny, yeah. you know, just had had a vision from day yeah. one and he saw it through to the end. And and I wish more people had shared his passion when it came to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know You're right, Abdullah. It's um, you know, that's that's where hands down. Um, in some respects, sometimes the hardest job I've ever done because Danny's vision was so crystal clear, but in, in so many ways, it made our job so much easier because as long as we literally did the take that he heard in his head, we, it was like, okay, all right, I got, okay, you got it. Right. And then sometimes that meant banging your head against the wall a bunch of times going like, oh, I don't get what you want me to do. <laughs> right. You know, and then they'd be like, do do that. Like, just do that. And then, you know, be like, what? Do what? And they'd be like, do that in the line or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, it was definitely called like it was more like gymnastics with your vocal cords, you know. Um, but, you know, it's the only cartoon I've ever worked on that we very rarely had pickups to do. Um, where a, a lot of the time on shows they'll write the they'll write the episode and they know it's long, but they know that they'll probably have to cut stuff because they'll need to like figure how like, that parts of it like don't work or whatever. Um, but like with Ed Ed Nevy, I think we maybe had maybe three episodes where we got called back to fix it, um, which is unheard of in in animation, right? Because his vision was so unbelievably clear and and you know. Um, and everybody who worked on the show, right? It was a labor of love um, that, like, all the animators and all the writers and all the, you know, the producers and not uh, same thing with us, with all the actors that got cast for these parts. You know, everybody really did, at the end of the day, just want to make this the best that we could possibly make it, right? I mean, especially, like, looking back as, as an adult and, and, like, really paying attention to the voice acting and, and how just – how well done it was like really well done like when i when like i know this is gonna sound crazy but like if you're in the business if you want to get into voice acting and you want an, an example of like a show that has really good voice acting just watch uh, it and watch edit and eddie because the acting in that is just so good <laughs> so good. yeah no you're right dude that's um you know and, and it really does say you know i mean i'll give it also to the cast of the show right because you know once again Danny didn't cast till he went, all right, that person's playing Ralph. All right, that person's playing Kevin. That person's playing the, you know, the Kanker sisters. It was literally, you know, like even on that, we set records on the number of callbacks. You know, usually for animation, we'll have a, you know, an audition. Then you maybe get a callback and then you might get cast off of that. The magic of editing. <laughs> so you were saying. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, what was I saying? 
Yeah, you know, we were talking about the voice acting and how you guys like barely, very rarely came in for callbacks and. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, yeah, and then and then the callbacks like with Ed, Ed and Eddie, like you know, hitting new records, um, you know, and it wasn't until like I said, the three Eds, all of a sudden, you know, me and Tony and Sam were like, oh, okay, okay, we're oh, it's us back in here, okay, and then they'd mix us maybe with one other person. And so for, you know, two callbacks, we thought, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe it's between me and one other person or whatever. Um, and then even with just the three of us, we still had a couple where, you know, they just basically put us through the paces. And, uh, you know, that's where I actually, by mistake, I actually found the voice of Ed, um, you know, which I think ended up, you know, helping to get me cast because out of desperation, at one point I'm like, oh, God, I'm thinking like, I don't even know what, what they want. And I literally, I blew in, I, I, or I didn't blow in the mic, but I tapped on the mic, and which, you, you know, you don't do, right? So I tapped on it, and then I went like, uh, how do you get water from this thing here? And literally, and, you know, I see Danny, like, freak out at the engineer, and I'm thinking, oh, fuck, I'm going to get fired before I even got hired. Um, but Danny was saying, did you get that on tape? And, and, you know, obviously the guy was like, yeah, I did. And he goes, okay. That's the voice of Ed right there. Play that for him, right? So they played back this, you know, how do you get water from this thing here? And Danny said, okay, that's going to get you the part. You keep going back to that, and I want him to sound like that for the whole, you know, for the rest of the time, basically. So, you know, for the first 13 episodes, every time I got out of character, um, you know, Danny would say, like, you know, play the thing, play the thing. So, you know, I'd, I'd hear that, you know, mistake that I thought I was going to get fired um, actually helped me get hired. So, you know, <laughs> so for those out there who are wanting to do voiceover, you know, sometimes trust the mistakes because sometimes they're your, they're the gift. Yeah. And, and like we were talking about, like Danny had that vision. He knew what the character sounded like in his mind, but he just didn't hear it until that point in time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know? So, I mean, like I say, we, you know, sometimes, you know, our vocal cords sometimes bled doing the show. Um, and, you know, and sometimes we felt like we'd had an aneurysm because, you know, our brains were so like beating, you know, against the, you know, screaming and doing all these different, you know, takes and stuff like that. But, you know, hands down, still one of the best shows to ever work on. Right. So, you know, I, I have so much respect for Danny and for, you know, AKA and the whole, well, the whole team. Right. It's because everybody, like we said, everybody just really put the best that they had into this thing. You know, and then I, I think also, too, it hit at a good time for whatever reason that, you know, that was a show to, to really capture people's imaginations as well. Right. Yeah. So, and especially yeah. like it, it came like it, it came at like that weird period where, you know, it aired in 1999. So, you know, the 90s are pretty much like, you know, winding up at that point. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, and, and, and it just like stayed around and for most of the 2000s and it didn't end yeah. until like 2009. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, it's funny because the the last episode that we recorded, um, and I think it was it was for the last picture show, um, was literally the last session I had before I ran around North America on a tour called Run for One Planet. So, you know, I like very much remember the very last recording, you know, session, and knowing that this was going to probably be the last Ed Ed Netty session. You know, so it was really really cathartic because I remember you know having the last line, and then we all you know, we kind of all say goodbye and, um, and it was, it was, it was climatic, but anticlimactic at the same time. Right. Cause 
you know, I'm standing outside the studio. It was a you know, warm summer day or spring day. Um, and I was like, man, I may not do Ed ever again. Cause you know, they'd kind of told us that, that that was going to be it after, you know, after, after that, um, you know, after that, uh, that movie, um, you know, which, you know, like, I appreciate that too. Right. They didn't like beat the crap out of it till it just became a piece of shit. Right. Sorry. Oops. I swore. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you said shit like I think two or three times already, so it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> you can say shit. It's fine. Okay. We're all adults. <laughs> but just don't say fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Rude Canadian. Well, I never. <laughs> I know we're bad. We're bad. <laughs> no, no, uh, but but I agree with you because like um, I remember talking to someone like last year about like we were talking about TV finales and and we were in agreement like you know what Ed and Eddie had like the perfect TV finale because they yeah. wrapped everything up. There was yeah. no nothing left to do. The kids yeah. finally respected the Eds and we yeah. finally met yep. we finally met Eddie's brother. Eddie redeemed himself <laughs> yeah. know, throughout throughout the entire you know. Through, through everything and 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 yeah so there yeah. you go i know like, it was it was a good it was a good like you know in hindsight it was just i think it was you know same thing i mean not that we were seinfeld but i like that it was the same attitude let's just go out while we're still really really on a roll you know what i mean yeah 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 and i mean especially like because the show went on for so long i remember like as a, as a teenager going um, is is it still on? They're still doing it. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, exactly. You know. Uh, but yes, yes, it was going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because I don't think like because you know nowadays like the most a show would get is like three seasons because nowadays it's like okay three seasons is enough and that's it. But you guys went on for four or five, six, maybe seven seasons. And, and you did like three specials. Remember those? Like remember when cartoons yeah. used to do specials? I do. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I know. It's pretty wild. I remember, you know, we go, we go in, we get a call to go in and record promos for like, you know, cartoon, cartoon Friday, you know, watch it and nutty. And, you know, we go in and like do all these promos and stuff for the show. And, you know, it was be like, wow, man, people are going to be watching Ed, Ed, Nettie all weekend. <laughs> You know, obviously it's before Netflix, but you know, um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was a pretty cool time. That's for sure. No, especially like, and what the weirdest thing about Ed and Eddie for me was at the end of the day, it outlasted a lot of these shows and it was a Canadian show. So there you go. Oh yeah. You know what? And you know what the, the wild thing is? It's, it was, you know, producing Canada, recorded in Canada, you know, AKA was based in Canada. Um, but yet, you know, biggest Cartoon Network show to date, but yet Canada never actually showed it because our version of Cartoon Network decided, no, nah, no, nah, we don't, no, nah, we don't really like it. We don't think it's going to be very good, you know? And so when I talked to kids, um, in, in my presentations across Canada, they were always like, Eddie, I don't even know what that is. Right. So, you know, every once in a while, a kid, cause they had cable, um, you know, was like, oh my God, I love Dead Ed and Eddie, right? And I'll be like, what? Where did you live? <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, it's it's just wild, man. No, it, Some it, of the... 
it, it, and that's weird because it's like you would think like especially with all the laws considering you know Canadian animation and then like they're like ah oh, you gotta have like one a- animated thing from Canada in it and whatnot and and at the I end know. of the day and at the end of the day they're like yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna air Eddie and because it's too fucking stupid <laughs> yeah well, you know what I have no idea what their decision was but I remember you know because I wasn't privy to those conversations but I can I can just imagine. Danny must have just basically wanted to send notes to like the, you know, the Cartoon Network version of Canada and just go like, like WTF guys, you guys are freaking idiots because they, you know, they didn't show the show because for whatever reason. Right. Um, I just, you know, even, even to this day, I'm just like, wow, you guys, I don't know, but oh well, people have their reasons. Yeah, it's especially weird when, you know, when talking about, you know, Canadian animation and Ed and Eddie always comes up and, and then you find out, oh, it, it wasn't even aired in Canada on yeah, Cartoon yeah. Network. It's like, yeah. what's even the point? What is even the point of doing, like, these homegrown shows if you're not going to air them on your fucking channel? Yeah. Like, it's just like, why? I know. I know. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. I just, yeah, I just go, okay whatever <laughs> i yeah. mean it, it's just do you ever like look back in your time and Ed and eddie and think like you know like you know once like that final session wrapped did you think that that was it like that was going to be like the thing you were going to be remembered for till the end of time or was do you think do you really well, do you think that well you know it's funny I, like i said it, it was it was very serendipitous that as Ed and eddie Wrapped because I wasn't a big like um uh what do you call it like you know reading like the show's numbers and you know like when people like say we're connected early on the days with the internet in terms of going you know like fan sites and things like that I wasn't connected that way that's just I, you know I'm usually out on a run you know or doing something outside so in that respect I wasn't dialed into actually how big a reach Ed Ed Nettie had. We just literally like we would get like a you know we get like a basket of you know fruit you know from the producers every once in a while saying like hey guys we're number one in Kuwait hey guys we're number one in you know blah 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 hey guys we broke records for blah 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 and and so we went like oh awesome okay we're doing you know we're doing a good job um but we didn't real I I didn't realize that you know we were literally like reaching millions of kids globally each week. Right. And so, like I said, it was, it was as Ed and Nettie finished. And then I went out on this run that, you know, we went around North America. Um, it was literally like in real time that I'm walking into these schools, especially in America. Um, when, you know, like I said, I, I just had to finally go like, you know, um, you know, I'd go in the voice of Ed and people would lose their absolute mind because then I, then they realized, Oh my God, he's the voice of Ed. What? Right. And so, you know, it was a very uh, cathartic moment where I realized, oh, okay, this is, this is, I think this is a big show. Right. Little did I know, right. It wasn't until, say, like fan conventions and things like that. Then, then that, you know, that just takes it over the edge. Right. Because, um, you know, then you're going all over the place and people are just literally going like, oh my God. Like sometimes I'll literally, I'll just kind of like without, you know, prompting. I just go into the voice of Ed and, you know, you see like five people like, you know, in the table next door going like, what? That's, that's Ed? Oh my God. <laughs> right, so it's, uh, it's fun. 
it's fun. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I've said this before many, many times before, but, you know, it never occurs to you that whenever you watch a cartoon that that is someone doing the voice. It never occurs to you that that's an actual person. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Yep, no, totally, totally, totally. I know. That's why I think it's so funny when sometimes I'm, like, literally I'll be like, um, uh, uh, does anybody know uh, if I could get some buttered toast and gravy? You know, like, oh, I don't know, something like that, right? And and you see somebody in my peripheral vision just, like, literally hit the deck, right? And then they're just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> they're like, oh, I think they like the show. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, cool. the, the moment they hear that, they must like immediately go and say, "Can you say this? Can you say that? Can you say this? Can you say that?" <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. You know, like I say, this like, have you ever heard of this thing called Cameo? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know Cameo. I oh, not, okay. I did not know you were on there though. Yeah, they invited me to be on it a few months ago, um, and uh, and I thought, ah, oh, what the heck? Why, you know, why not? Um, and, uh, oh my God, dude, it's been like a, like same thing, just this unbelievable gift, you know, people going like, Hey, my, you know, my wife grew up with that at Nettie. Can you, you know, it's sort of like 30th birthday. Could you, you know, like send her a video or, you know, my dad loved that at Nettie. And because of him, you know, we, we like all five of my brothers and sisters, we all watched the show forever. And, you know, could you do a shout out to my dad on his 50th birthday, you know? And, um, so, you know, it's been it's been once again a gift to be able to just like keep Ed, you know, keep him alive. <laughs> so it's like it's pretty fun. Like I actually, when I get off the phone with you, um, I I think I have five cameos to do. So um, and they're literally all for Ed. I've not had one for any other. Well, maybe three other characters, but um, but you know, ninety eight percent of them have been. You know, can you please do something from you know for Ed, right? So. I'm like, yes, you're Bippy, I will. <laughs> so. That's weird because you are on My Little Pony, and I know like the brony thing is like really big, and I would imagine like at least like one or two bronies would ask you to do like Soren or something, but nope. <laughs> no, like I say, at some point, right? It's um, you know, I I'm I'm just letting those who find find the site and then they find me, then that's that's when I do it. I'm not doing a lot of promoting about it, um, because I just you know I kind of like just let people find it organically. Well, I mean, that that's kind of me with this podcast. I'm like, you know, just find it orga- organically. Like, you know, you'll stumble upon it eventually, like looking for a voice actor or something, and you'll stumble upon it, and then you'll listen to it, and then you'll think, oh, my God, this is a piece of shit. How God did this person get this voice actor on? And, and I'll say, okay, yeah, then you do well, better. <laughs> well, it's good. You're like, because I asked him. <laughs> <laughs> So good for you for asking, man. <laughs> no, but I, I, I wanted to get you on for a while, but I just like it's so weird because like last year I was just so busy, you know, left and right, you know, various people juggling various people and my personal life and whatnot. But like when yeah. COVID hit the fan, like mm-hmm. it just became harder and harder to get people on the show because everyone's like, I gotta do my thing, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Would love to, but no. And yeah, then, and then it's like, well, yeah. Wonder if I can get in touch with Matt Hill because I wanted to talk about Ed. I need an excuse to talk about Ed and Eddie on this. Oh, show. That's great. You're like, you're like, yes, you know. And I said, yes, I'm in. And you know, and you, then it, then I should have said, yes, I'm in. And it may take three times to have me in. 
but I'm in. <laughs> like you and Trevor Duvall are like the two hardest people I had to get on this show, which is weird considering I've gotten David Kay and Dave Soboloff on, on as well, and they weren't as hard to get on. But you, you were Trevor Duvall, man. You you made me work for it. So beautiful. Well, I like I said, thanks for your thanks for being understanding. Because the reason. Like I've been doing these marathons, um, you know, through this whole period as well. So that's, that's a lot of it where it's also been, you know, my, my, sometimes it's just been really tough to schedule stuff around it. Cause I know after, after I've run for, you know, another seven hours, cause I just finished doing 63 of them. Um, I know I'm pretty spent and, um, I probably wouldn't be a very good interview. So, um, I figured, you know what, um, if you, if you can be okay with, you know, it, uh, taking a couple times to get on, I, I so appreciate it because I'm on my rest week this week, so it's uh, you know um, I'm I'm a lot more audible. <laughs> uh, now imagine like you're just trying to come on going. <sighs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Actually, it'd be more like if we had a pause in the conversation, I'd probably just fall asleep on the on my computer. So that you know, <laughs> Matt, you there? Matt, you there? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you know, my gal will be going like, Maddie, you fell asleep. Sorry, sorry. What's your name? Okay, yeah, Matt fell asleep. I'll, I'll get him awake again. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, I mean, but but it's like it's just it's it's so weird because like you know, never in a million years like I I would I thought I would ever talk to to someone who was involved in Ed and Eddie because I'm like you know, it's 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 just gonna be one of those things where. You know, I'll, I'll just probably talk about it with friends or some or someone or something about yeah, you know, that, yeah, that was a good show. But I, but I don't think I'll ever talk to anybody who was actually involved in it. But <laughs> there you go. Screw it, I'm gonna ask Matt Hill. <laughs> well, thank you for asking, because you know the my other two compadres um, uh, that you mentioned, Trevor and uh, David. I mean, you know, once again, two extremely talented people. Um, you know, that, you know, I, I feel really honored to know and, you know, call brothers cause you know, in many ways we all, you know, cut our teeth in this VO biz here in Van City, you know, it's, uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. No, it's but, weird. It's weird. Especially like with, with David K cause I grew up with, you know, watching Beast Wars and he is my Megatron and it was like hard as fuck not to fanboy during that, during yeah. that interview. Cause it's like, you're <laughs> You're talking to Megatron. You're talking to the to to to, 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 to someone you grew up watching when you were seven years old. <laughs> uh, that's so awesome. But you know what? But you now correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't David one of the most freaking cool, um, you know, um, like just cool, real people that you've ever talked to? Oh, he's a he's a gentleman. Like he is like yeah. a classy motherfucker. Like he is yes, like he, he is he is like that that that. You know, when people talk about like 1950s charm, you know, 1950s, yes. 1920s charm, he has that. He has that charisma about him where he just like, you know, talks yep. about the business and, and, and just like being a part of it and being like grateful to be a part of it. And, and you know, look, the, the dude played a, a giant transforming purple dinosaur and yet yeah. he makes it sound like it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's way more than it actually is. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, eh? Yeah, he is, you know, like, same thing. I mean, we all, you know, like, I remember when all of us got our first cartoons, you know, here in Vancouver, and we were all just so stoked because, you know, for what it's worth, it's like, you know, we're in Canada, so but we all grew up watching American television, right? So, you know, to be cast on 
something that's like, you know, oh my God, this is going to be on Saturday mornings. What? This is so cool. Right. You know, um, and then, you know, I guess a serendipity would have it. You know, all of us kind of, kind of grew up in this, in the same stuff. Right. So uh, it was, it was really, it was a neat time. That's for sure. Right. Being in Vancouver, um, because it really was kind of, you know, from animation, like especially say in the eighties and nineties, um, you know, and, and beyond, um, it really kind of set the tone. Right. And, and, you know, while I'm on that topic, like it's, it's just so sad, like what happened to the VO business in Canada. Cause like looking at all the old shows and, and you just like take it in and how like great these shows were being produced in Canada and, and all, the, and how great the cast was, but then, like the passage of time, man, just like ruined everything because everyone kept, you know, ju- either jumping ship and and people just over in Canada were like, ah, you know, kids don't care about quality entertainment anymore. Let's just dumb it down, and it just got really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's uh, that's a very interesting take, man, because you know, it's 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 been. You know, I won't lie, it's been a very interesting time to be, you know, say a voice actor in Vancouver in the last couple of years because it's, you know, we've all been feeling that same shift of, of I think, in a way, you know, I and I don't know whether it's producers are trying to find, you know, their new sort of like their, their next, you know, way to say, okay, you know what, I'm from Vancouver or I'm from Canada and we're going to do something that's made in Canada and we're going to celebrate that it is, right? It's... uh. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's uh, maybe there's there's other things afoot that are you know asking us to to double down on our uh, on our commitment to quality and and getting stuff out there. And you know, I think you you alluded to it too is not thinking that kids want something to be dumbed down. They actually really because kids are so much smarter, you know, as we know, um, you know, and they'll actually smart up because we give them something that's so creative and you know, true to a, say in this case, like an animated project. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, who am I to say, because I'm not a producer, so I don't, I don't know. I've never gone down that road to try and get something greenlit. Right. So it must be that, that even that must be so insanely difficult now. Right. Because, you know, from what I, my, my limited experience from say talking to producers, you know, they say that their job of being a producer has gotten tenfold tougher to try and get something produced in Canada for, for whatever reason. I don't, I have no idea why. Right. Um, but you know, I don't know. I'm not sure why. No, it's, it's weird because like, you know, over the years you're starting to see more people like, you know, Scott McNeil show up in live action shows. And it's like, wow, that's kind of sad, honestly. Cause you know, Scotty is like one of the greatest, if not like the greatest, like VOs to come out of Canada and he's yeah. not being in, in animated shows anymore. And it's like, what? Why? No. Uh, <laughs> yep, I know. It's uh, Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, from like from your perspective, it's like you're you're seeing the result of also. Well, you know, and also, too, I mean, I definitely got to I definitely have to throw it in there that every industry always has a period where the new has to be embraced. Because at one point I was new. At one point, Scotty was new. At one point, everybody was new, but where I feel like we've maybe lost a little bit of that is just because somebody isn't brand new anymore doesn't mean they actually don't have unbelievable talents to still lend to things, right? So like you mentioned Scott, right? It's like his talent didn't go anywhere, right? But if 
But if people think like, oh, well, no, you know what? We're going to get somebody that maybe sounds kind of gravelly like Scott, you know, and then let's just like, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Like I said, I'm not in, I'm not in that side of, inside of things. So, you know, I can't really, I probably actually shouldn't really talk too much about it. Can you believe Matt Hill said this on a podcast? The nerve. (laughs) Well, you know, like I said, right, because it's very easy to sit on a soapbox and go, what? You never cast me for that. Okay, well, okay, no, you didn't get it. It's okay, right? You know, you'll get something else. And so for me, if I'm going to remain being an actor, that's the stand I always have to take going, those that are meant to be mine, I get. Those that aren't, they weren't they weren't mine in the first place, right? And plus, like, um, you know, your, your specialty is, like, sounding young. You know, you're, you know, you're great for doing, like, teenagers and, and kids. So, you know, they're going to be looking for that. But at the same yeah. time, there are always going to be other guys coming in with high-pitched voices, and they're like, ah, you'll just go with that instead. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly, because, like, you know, that's why I was saying it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not the new guy anymore, right? So that's where I've had to go, okay, diversify in what I do and, you know, let that be my way of, you know, contributing, right? Um, or, sorry, contributing, um, you know, because otherwise you're just sitting on your duff going like, hey – how come I haven't got a show? Right. So, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, you know, especially if somebody's going to remain in a business that is saying, okay, we always need something new and we always need somebody that we can trust to bring something new to the table, whether that's a new actor or whether that's a, a veteran actor that brings new stuff that maybe they, that they even haven't heard before from say this veteran actor. Right. So, you know, it's like, I think every industry has that, you know, maybe more so voiceover. I have no idea. Right. It's, you know, I think, you know, it's uh, like I say, I think it's just, a, it's an interesting period to, you know, um, to reflect, I think in some respects, especially with COVID-19 happening, you know, I think that, that, uh, that I'm hoping that it also allows producers, you know, and, and, other people to to realize that there's a lot of uh, there's just a lot of talent all over right and yeah because and, like you know the talent never went anywhere like okay yeah sure you know trevor Duvall and and you know david k jumped jumped ship to the states but like you know you still have all these amazing people who i feel like aren't being given the chance to shine because you know for whatever reason like you know the producers or whoever are just like not taking chances on them they're like ah you know yeah, 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 you know, so-and-so is good, but, you know, we, yeah. can, we need to go with an established name. Let's go with an established name. You know, let's play it safe yeah. and go into the established name. And I'm like, why? Why? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, well, for sure, you know. But like you say, right, it's all, it's you know, and I guess in some respects that's the beauty of, of seeing this, you know, in this case it's a voiceover career, and that's the mystery sometimes of it all, right? Um, because sometimes you think like, Oh my God, I would have been perfect for that role. Right. And, you know, and oh my God, I read for that role. Right. Or, you know, and then other times you go, okay, God, it's just, you know, same thing. I, I, I still had to go. I still am in control of whether I, you know, stay in or whether I go on and do something different. Right. So, you know, it's, um, cause I really like, I, you know, I'm proud of being a voice actor for 30 years. You know, it's, uh, you know, I feel like for me, that's my badge of honor to say I've I've also dedicated 30 years of, say, being alive, you know, on planet Earth to share my voice on a, a, a few of these characters that, 
you know, for whatever reason, really hit a chord with, you know, with, with say the, you know, the masses, right. And, you know, um, and more so me just lending a part of it because it's not me. I get, I just get to be a part of, you know, say in this case, Ed and Eddie, or like you were saying before, like the, you know, the Ninja Turtles franchise or Care Bears or whatever, right. It's, 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 you know, or, um, what do you call it? On my, on my little pony, you know, it's, at the end of the day, actors, we just want to get another gig so that we could share our vocal cords and our acting chops, right? Um, you know, and and sometimes you just gotta, sometimes you just gotta move forward and and realize that also sometimes when it's extremely quiet for a period of time, it's just also telling you, okay, maybe it's just time to look at something different too, right? You know, so you know, so in some respects, like you were saying, Scotty now seeing him in movies, right? Scotty's a brilliant actor so i also embrace the fact that then getting to see him in something that he's still acting yeah he may not be doing say a voice on a show but he's still acting so he's still shining his light right you know i think that's for me that's the most important thing it's you know so for me i know right now shining my light is doing these marathons and you know basically running around the planet um and instead of you know actually going around the planet because of covid19 um, I'm choosing to stay local. So, you know, for the next two and a half, three years, um, that's what I'm going to be doing. Right. And so it's my way of also sharing my passion for being alive and also where I feel like my gift is so that every time I get a chance to talk to a, you know, say a group of school kids, I get to share with them these voices that I do from these characters. Um, and also then in real time being in front of them, you know, and in some respects, their version of a maybe, I mean, not a, I don't mean like a superhero, but being in front of them saying, hey, you know what? Believe in yourself in this life. Believe in your dreams. Believe in what it is that you feel, you know, even as like an eight-year-old, you matter just as much as an 80-year-old, right? Or a four-year-old. It's like we all, we've got this unbelievable potential in us. And I feel like that's where if I can help light another kid's, you know, I guess in a way, the fire that's already burning inside them for, say, a dream by me coming in and sharing my life and, and saying, you know, hey, this, here's, what's, here's what lights me up and here's the work that I've been blessed to do. If that leaves an impact on a kid, to me, I'm like, oh, okay, there you go. I've done my job, right? So, you know, for me personally, I could do this. I could, you know, as long as God continues to allow me to keep running and keep speaking and doing voices that's you know i'd like to do that till i'm 104 and you know and then it's like all right take ed and take him up to the big you know buttered toast in the sky <laughs> i mean and that and that puts it into perspective like because because at the end of the day like you know your gig you know you walk into a gig and you might you record and you you know you're done with it but at the end of the day somewhere out there that piece of work is going to to inspire someone down the road or yeah. or, or you know ca- catch the eye of someone Absolutely. And, and make them like get interested in in in, in the craft of, of either Absolutely. voice acting or animation or whatever Absolutely. like you know yes you nailed it you know what that's that that's why thanks thanks for um um i know that was a bit of a, a run on sentence for me but thanks for getting that because that's where i really feel you know in some respects that's why you know, at this point in my career, I'm really venturing out and doing some very different things, right? So still sharing my voice, 
but sharing it in a way that, you know, in real time I can say, Hey kids, I really believe in you and I see you and I want you to believe in you and your dreams and you know, how you can contribute in the world. Right. And you know, um, that, that, yeah, that, that just lights me up, man. And, you know, and so then to be able to, you know, add that some of these voices that I've also been, you know, fortunate to be a part of, um, you know, to, I don't know, to, I guess, add to my credits list or, you know, people say like teachers and things like that to go like, you know what? Oh, Hey, this guy's actually a really good dude. He was a Ninja Turtle or, Hey, he played Ed and Ed, Ed and Nutty or, you know, he was my little pony or, you know, Oh, he was in that crap Energon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, um, to be in some respects to have this part of my resume to go into this next section of my life. That's, that's to me where I feel like I'm using the most positive, um, way to gracefully, um, exit, you know, voiceover in the way that I've known it. Right. Um, you know, because I'm doing it with honor and I'm doing it with gratitude and, and I'm actually just saying, Hey, you know what, if anybody wants to hire me on something, I'm here. And in the meantime, I'm going to move forward and just keep talking to kids and keep running around the planet, you know? So, and yeah. And at the end of the day, like, you know, voiceover doesn't define a per define who an entire person's personality like it's just exactly. a job it's just something yeah. you get paid to do like it's not you know it's it's not like you're gonna sit there sleepless nights like you know, thinking about a role you get you should have gotten like 20 years ago or something like that you know it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. no doubt or or be like this going like oh that bastard trevor duvall got a job i supposed to no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of funny if you could phone him right now and be like, "Ah, oh, hey, uh, Trev, uh, Matt's got a beef to pick with you." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> no, I mean it's just you know because I notice like you know because people say, "Oh, you know, voice actors are the nicest people you 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 know you'll ever talk to," and I think that's because you know they don't let their, the body of their work define who they are as people. Like it's not. You know, it's not like, hey, I'm a voice actor, and therefore the voice acting is the only thing I, I'm I'm good for. No, I mean everyone has hobbies, everyone has interests, everyone, you know, approaches the craft differently. You know, it's yeah. it's not, you know, and every time I talk to someone, it's always a different story, and that's what I love about you know voiceover is like, no one has the same story, no one has the same view of life. Everyone is you know, different. Everyone thinks and, and, and feels different. It's just, it's not, it's not, there's no Hollywood bull crap. You know, there just isn't when it comes to voiceover. Yeah. You know, it's like you say, right. At the end of the day, people are just people. Right. And, you know, I think in a way the fact that maybe, and maybe it's because voiceover, because you're using your voice to create such an animated life or a character, it's where in some respects you can, um, it doesn't actually alter who you think you are because it's not about what you look like. It's just about what you sound like and what you bring to the table. Right. So, you know, like the classic, you don't, you're not a has-been if you're, you know, like you still sound like you're, you know, 20, but you're like 50, let's say. Right. Um, but say in, I don't know, maybe in film and television, it's like that. Like if you don't age well and, but yet you were known for, you know, being like this teen super idol then, you know, the, the transition, say, to the 50s or 60s or whatever might be a tough one, right? Or maybe even earlier. It might be tougher to go from being, you know, an 18-year-old superstar or a superstarlet, right? And and yet, you know, you're you're when you get older and, 
you know, in your, you know, maybe thirties or something, um, then, you know, you, you, like the rules don't arrive that way because people are going, well, no, 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 you used to sound like this or you used to look like this. You know, maybe, maybe that's why film and TV gets a little more, I don't know, maybe, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's why voiceover actors get a, get a little bit easier of a ride with that. Maybe, I don't know. I'm totally <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I I just I just love it because you can tell like okay Matt what 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 is the point you're trying to make okay 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 no nope you lost me. <laughs> uh, sorry man, you want to edit that out for sure. <laughs> no no um so I mean what what's 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 next for Matt Hill on this wonderful journey we call life? Yes yes yes. Well like you say brother I I um on. I was originally in September was going to start um, my marathon a day around our beautiful planet. Uh, but because of COVID-19, having us obviously have to alter many forms of our movement around the planet, um, I've decided um, on, I guess, on Earth Day, April 22nd, I started to run around the planet, but I just i am doing it locally. So I'm doing a marathon a day. Uh, and I do them over 21 day segments. So I call that a set. Uh, and then I take a week off and then I do it again. And literally just like Forrest Gump, I just like, when I get tired, I sleep. When I get hungry, I eat. Um, every 21 days I take a week break. Um, and so this, so I guess thus far I've run just over 2,700 K, uh, since April 22nd, uh, Earth Day. Um, and it's for my organization called Run for One Planet. Um, and it's to inspire um, kids to make healthy choices for themselves and for the planet. Um, and, uh, you know, like I say, using the motto of small steps adding up, um, that's that's how I'm going to do it. So, um, you know, over the next few years, I will – the goal is to cover 42,000 kilometers around our beautiful, dear planet. But do it locally here and around Vancouver. Um, or unless we get a COVID-19, um, you know, uh, vaccine, then obviously that'll, that'll ex- allow me to expand it. But, um, you know, for the, for the short term, at least until we've got that, um, I'm just going to con- continue to do that and repeat right here. And, you know, um, and then, you know, like I say, I'm open to do new voiceover. And um, if anybody wants to hire me on something, then um, I'm here. You know, so that's pretty much me, man, right now. And with that, I just, you know, let's just wrap it up, man. Thank you so, so, you. so much for taking the time uh, to do this. This was a pleasure. This was a fun episode. You're a rock star, man. Thank you very much uh, from Ed um, and everybody uh, that uh, I hope that you uh, uh, have a very sparkly life there, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, you take care, brother. Yeah, take care. <laughs>